following message is from Christian Life Austin. For more information about Christian Life, visit clcaustin.com. Thank you for listening. How you feeling? Good? You know, somebody made a great comment in the, in the break room between services, said, you know, people don't get up and come to the 9 o'clock service and say, let's go making last-minute preparations to come. They just don't, they have to get up and plan to be here. And if you just got up this morning and said, you know what, I'm going to go to church, you chose a great day to come to church because it's going to be a wonderful, wonderful day. It already has been. Did you enjoy the music today? Did you enjoy the music today? You know why it's good? They won't let me sing. That's why it's good. That's why it's good. I read about a teacher and writer who who has become nationally known by the collecting what he calls anguished English. Anguished English. He collects unintentionally funny headlines and signs like this one. Home for sale. $199,000. Great location. Two-thirds of an acre. That's not in Austin. That ain't in the thing, but that's not in Austin. With four bedrooms, two bath, brick, built the way they used to build them, then the last two words, won't last. <laughs> what does it mean? That's anguished English. Here's another one. For sale, bulldog, will eat anything. Last three words, he loves children. <laughs> but my favorite Extremely independent male, 17 years old, needs to rent a room. Last four words, call his mother at. (laughs) Hey, over here on my left side, there's some sweet people. Let me see if I can see them. Tony, there you are. On Thursday of this week, God bless Tony and God bless Marla with each other. Their story's phenomenal. Would y'all stand up, guys, right here? Their story's phenomenal. I'm happy to have assisted and officiated. They got married on Thursday. Love you guys. Love you. I took Tony out to eat. We ate Mexican food. I can sit across the table eating Mexican food, no other food, just Mexican food. And I can analyze people. And and I promise you, Marla got a great, great man. And he got a great, great lady because we know Marla. What a joy to have them married. Would you stand? You're incredible people. If you're first time here or first time back from the pandemic, we're still having first timers come back. Let's clap for everybody. First timers and first time back to church. That's pretty cool. I read something neat the other day. They did a research in Holland and they discovered that all it takes is four seconds of silence in communication to cause someone to have anxiety, exclusion, a feeling of, ang- uh, of awkwardness, just four seconds of silence. Anybody? <laughs> Anybody feeling anxious? I got a little mean streak in me today, don't I? Today is Pentecost Sunday. We honor it. We love it. We're proud to be a part of what God is doing. I believe the Holy Spirit is the third awakening in this world. And uh, we'll talk about that one day, but I believe the Holy Spirit's gonna be the awakening of the last days. 
And I believe that we're a part of that and we're living in that flow of the Spirit of God in North America and all around the world by missionaries that we honor and we contribute to. Today I speak on the subject, the wind of the Spirit. The wind of the Spirit. Say it with me. The wind of the Spirit. Now, if you're not used to Holy Spirit preaching, please don't get anxious. I won't pause no more than three seconds. I'll preach to you. Let me preach the gospel to you because this is an important day. Everybody say, Pastor, preach to me. Let the word touch my mind. Let it change my mind. Preach to me today. Let the word touch my heart. Let it change my heart. Preach to me today. Let me leave here a better person than what I was when I came in. Give somebody a low five and you may be seated. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Pentecost Sunday. 2,000 years ago, 120 people, either in an upper room or on Solomon's porch, received the Holy Spirit from heaven on that day. And they were never the same again. And the world has never been the same since. Psalms 11 and 3 said, if the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? We stand on the, on the shoulders of people that went before us. Folks that paved the way and received what they received in their life. And I want to declare to you that God's no respecter of person and he's no respecter of generations. If the Holy Spirit was poured out then, the Holy Spirit's still being poured out now. When the day of Pentecost was fully come, that word day there is from the Greek word epoch, which means age, not a 24-hour period. When the age of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting and there appeared to them cloven tongues or divided tongues as a fire and set upon each of them. They were all filled, say all filled, with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. We celebrate Pentecost. We celebrate that today. Pentecost means 50. Pentecost marks the birth of the church. Pentecost is not a denomination, but it is an experience. It's one of the supernatural events in the Bible. So what is Pentecost? It's a festival. It's, a, it's, a, it's a, a feast that people came to. The Jews were called to celebrate. One of the three feasts that were compulsory. There are seven. Three were compulsory. The other were optional. The other two that were compulsory were Passover, when the, lamb, the, 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 the Paschal Lamb was slain, and the Feast of Tabernacles, which was last. And that's the celebration, eight-day celebration of praise and worship. And then Pentecost. Part of the Old Testament Feast of Weeks. And the Feast of Weeks celebrated the first harvest. Hence Pentecost, God's first touch. His first power infusion after his departure. It marked the initial starting point of the church. The foundation that his church still stands on today. Hear me. Pentecost Sunday was for believers, not the lost, who were gathered in Jerusalem. They met for prayer. They came to tarry, waiting for the promise of the Holy Spirit to arrive. They had no clue what was about to happen. So they just tarried for 10 days. Try that sometimes. Waiting on something you don't know what it is. Try that with your kinfolks in the same house. 120 of you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Our church members, no fussing, no disunity. You know why? They're waiting on a promise. I love, I love the little story. I love the little story I read not long ago. A woman walks into a restaurant and she wants a reservation. I mean, she wants a table. And so she says, 
to the, to the little maitre, maitre d' or the little woman, the person there that's doing all the setting. She said, will it be long? The woman never raised her head. She thought, she didn't hear me. Will it be long? And the woman said, about 10 minutes. So about 10 minutes later, party of two for will it be long? That's funny. We don't like to wait. We'd have problems in this dispensation waiting in that upper room for 10 days. We would. Hope somebody bathed during that time. When Star Wars 2 came out back in 2002, called The Attack of the Clones, there was two guys that came to the theater on January the 1st, 2002, and they had a set-in. They was waiting for the theater to open. They was going to be the first to get their ticket. But the problem was, Star Wars 2 didn't open until May the 16th. They waited three and a half months. They really did. They sat there for three and a half months. It was national news wanting a ticket to Star Wars. If somebody has that kind of heart to see Star Wars, I think there ought to be some people in this house with some expectation about the Holy Spirit. Come on now. Come on now. Something bigger than they had ever experienced was coming, and they did not know what it was. And suddenly there came, indicates something out of the ordinary, perhaps a surprise. First, there came a sound from heaven of a Russian mighty wind. That's power. 120 waited on the endowment of power. They waited on the spirit and a mighty wind blew and it blew so hard that the world was changed from that day. Second, tongues like as a fire set up on each of them. These are similes and metaphors describing what the people were hearing and seeing. Remember this. Don't ever forget this. The sound came from heaven. Not from hell. I am tired of churches demonizing the infilling of the Spirit in people's lives. It filled the whole house where they were sitting. And third, everyone in the house received the Holy Spirit that day. Everyone. 120 showed up. 120 were filled. Later, 3,000 more were added to the church and then later 5,000. Pentecost is the beginning. What a day of celebration it should be. You know, there was a large crowd because it was a feast day. A large crowd had gathered. There were literally 17, you can read it in your Bible, 17 nationalities there from all over the country. And in verse 12, they asked, what does this mean? Because it was 9 o'clock in the morning, and they said, these people are drunk. <laughs> they said that. And Pete said, no, 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 no. No, no, they're not drunk as you suppose. That doesn't mean they wasn't wobbly a little bit, but they wasn't drunk as you suppose, being at the third hour, of the, the ninth hour of the day, the third hour the third hour of the day. I'll get it out in a minute. But this is that which was prophesied by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God's going to pour out his spirit on all flesh. So what was going on was that the uneducated Galileans, see the Galileans were the people that everybody kind of looked down on. It was the place that wasn't even included in the Acts 1 and 8, you shall receive power stuff. They wasn't included. Galilee wasn't included. But they were speaking in languages of the 17 nationalities there. Now the word there, the Greek word is gosaleia which means an ability to do that. A glossolalia means the ability to speak in another language. And when spiritual things happen, unspiritual people get confused because they don't understand. That person's speaking my language and that person's speaking my language. Who is he to speak that language? And it's happening on the day of Pentecost. Romans 8 says, to be carnally minded is death. To be spiritually minded is life and peace. 
You either accept this or you look at it and say it's the worst thing in the world. The reason, the carnal mind is enmity against God for it's not subject to the law of God nor indeed can be. Somebody needs to get spiritual and say, you know what? Listen to me. You know what? Whatever I need to get out of this earth and get on to the next one, I want to be a part of that movement. Amen? I want to get in on that. So, I'm going to introduce something here now. I'm going to, I'm going to go to history and I'm going to do something to you here today. The year was 1809 and Napoleon was in the middle of conquering Austria. On April the 14th and April the 20th and April 22nd, Napoleon was victorious over in eight days. He defeated Austria three times. And then on May the 21st, the Battle of Aspern Essling, the Archduke Karl defeated Napoleon and set the army back, the Napoleon army back. But on July the 5th, the Battle of Wangram, Napoleon defeats Archduke Charles and Austria is a defeated country. Now, in that same year, 1809, some of the greatest births, some of the greatest children, some of the greatest people who would change the world were being born in that same year. Like Lewis Braille, the creator of the blind system for reading and writing. Like Kit Carson, wow, an American frontiersman. Like Alfred Lord Tennyson, poet laureate of the United Kingdom. Like Edgar Allan Poe, quote the raven, nevermore, American writer and poet. Like Charles Darwin, the origin of species, the theory of evolution, and the wonderful Abraham Lincoln was born that year. The 16th president, the Emancipation Proclamation brought healing to America. Let's give a hand for all these people. Come on, all these people. Now, now you got to hear me now. I want you to listen to me real good. While millions were watching the fall of Austria and Napoleon, there was a birth of unbelievable talent and ability and leadership that would affect the change in our world and still affects change in our world 200 plus years later. And although the world was captured by the sunset of Austria, the going away of Austria, the sun setting on Austria, there was a sunrise woo, of world leaders taking place on the same globe that would change this world. Listen to me. I got to preach to you. You got to get this. The church must be very cautious because we can become sunset people in a sunrise dispensation. We can become people who understand we're living in the closing hours. We're living in tough times, difficult times. We have come through something, folks, in 2020 that will never probably be matched by anything else down the road before Jesus comes. And we are seeing difficulties in our country. There's difficulties in our world. Look over there at that Middle East, and you're, there's a little, little, little state about the size of New Jersey. It's called Israel. That's the apple of God's eye. That's God's covenant people through Abraham. And many people are fearful. What should we do? What should we do? Should we support? Should we, should we decline? What should we do as a church? What we should, do, we, should do, we should do as a nation? I can't even talk. What should we do? I'll tell you what we do. We do what God told us to do. He said, if the people bless you, I will bless them, Abraham. If they curse you, I will curse them. I'm gonna tell you, this church is on the side of the people of Israel. Come on. That's right. That's right. Fear has come. So I'm asking you a question. Hell is having a heyday about this. Either way, Satan is the author of confusion. The Bible said in the last days, in these days, in these perilous times, 
Joel said, in the last days, says the Lord, I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh, sons, daughters, handmaids, servants. All the world will sense and feel the power of the spirit. So here's my question I want to preach about today. Is the church watching the sunset or looking to the sunrise? What are we looking at? Are we looking at what's going wrong or are we looking up to see what's coming right? Are we facing the west and watching the sunset? Are we looking to the east and seeing something come up called the glory of the Lord upon the church? Come on now. Luke 1 calls the Messiah's birth a day spring. And ever since the birth of Jesus, his light has shone in this world. There's no darkness or shadow of turning in his light. Darkness even could not comprehend him. So one night in John Two men meet after dark. And Jesus and Nicodemus meet that night. One was the leader of the Pharisees. The other was the leader of healing, salvation, deliverance, and everything you want in the Lord. And, and Nicodemus comes up to him and says, Rabbi, we know you're a teacher come from God because no man can teach and do the things you do except he be from God. Jesus never even commented on that. He said, except a man is born again. He cannot see the kingdom of God. How can this be, said Nicodemus? Can he enter into his mother's womb the second time? Jesus said, except a man be born of water and of the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh. That which is born of spirit is spirit. Then he said, marvel not that I say unto you, you must be born again. I love those words. You like those words? And then Jesus said in verse 8, he says six words here. The wind blows where it wishes. The wind blows where it wishes. And you hear it, but cannot tell where it comes from or where it goes. So is everyone that's born of the Spirit. So what I get out of this whole passage here is a man needs to be born again. Water and Spirit. But then he realizes Jesus says something that I want to talk about and preach about. He said the wind blows where it wishes. I want to put on the screen here. Jesus said in essence, you cannot stop, stop the wind. Can't stop it. Can't stop it. You can't stop it. The wind is mentioned over 160 times in the Bible. In Genesis, the wind was part of Noah's story. It made the waters go away after the flood. In Exodus, God sent an east wind to bring a plague of locusts to the, to the, to the Egyptians. And then later, he sent a west wind to drive the locusts away. In Exodus 14, God parted the Red Sea with a wind, a strong wind. Then he sent another wind to close the sea on the enemy. In Numbers chapter 11, Wind brought quail in from the sea and dropped it on the Israelites in the wilderness. In 2 Samuel, David had a prayer answered. He said, by God, riding on the wind. I love David. He said, God came riding on the wind and brought me an answer. In 1 Kings, wind brought rain at Carmel. In 1 Kings, God sent a word to Elijah through the wind. In 2 Kings, wind was a part of the miracle for Elisha, his first miracle in action. Job spoke of the wind 13 times. Psalm says, God breaks ships with wind. And he walks on the wings of the wind. But I love this one. It said, God brings wind out of his treasures. Three times that's in the Bible. Out of his treasures. In other words, God said, what can I give the world today? Oh, wind. <laughs> Blow. What can I give the world tomorrow? Treasures. <laughs> wind. Go get them. 
I'm, I'm going to preach that now. It, he causes the wind to blow. He causes the water to flow. The Bible said he holds the wind in his fist. He told Ezekiel in the valley of dry bones, prophesy to those bones. Ezekiel said, can these bones live? And, and the Lord said, prophesy to them. He says, oh, bones live. And they started coming together, you know, bone to bone, knee, knee bone connected to the thigh bone, the thigh bone connected to the hip bone, you know all that. But they were still laying there. They were still dead. Connected but dead. There's a lot of churches like that. Connected but dead. And he said, you got one more prophecy, Ezekiel. I want you to prophesy one more time. Prophesy to the wind. Woo! And when he started prophesying to the wind, those people who were connected yet dead stood up a great army. Because there's nothing that can resurrect a church like the wind of the Spirit. Hallelujah. <laughs> I'm gonna say blow, wind, blow. Come on, let's go. Blow, wind, blow. Let's have a revival. Let's have revival. Let's let this church be housed and promoted by the wind of God in our lives. Amen, amen, amen. In Daniel, the image was destroyed in Babylon, the stone hewn out of the mountain. That stone was Christ. And when that image was shattered and made of shaft, the wind blew the shaft away. But then there's one more phrase in the New Testament that I want to, I want to just leave it in your hearts. The Bible said the wind obeys the voice of Jesus. Even the winds obey the voice. Folks, you hear me. God wants a wind to blow in America in 2021. I want you to clap your hands like you believe that. Amen. God wants a wind to blow in North America. He wants a wind to blow around the world. He wants his spirit to baptize us in this last hour. Years ago, the hoof and mouth disease broke out in the United Kingdom and they discovered in Ireland, it was discovered in Ireland, England tried to hard to keep it out of their country. They quarantined their animals, did all they could to protect them. They raised walls of resistance, built special barns for safety, tried their best to hide the animals. Yet there was one thing they couldn't stop. They couldn't stop the wind. It blew. And finally it infected England and thousands of animals died as a result. The wind blows, folks, where it wants to. There was a smog in L.A. a few years back. I heard this myself. The mayor said on the radio and TV, what this city needs is a wind from elsewhere. Wind came and the smog was gone. See, the same wind that blew infection in blew the smog out. Some of you may have something you need to be blown into your life. And some people need something might be need to be blown out of your life. Come on, wind. Tornadoes blow at F1 to F5, and hurricanes come in categories one to five. And back in the 80s, the government created a mechanism to attempt to quell hurricanes. It was called the silver bullet theorem, thinking that an exploding canister in the middle in the eye of a hurricane would dissipate the wind, but it didn't work. You know why? Because Jesus told Nicodemus the wind's going to blow where and when it wants to blow. I find it interesting that Jesus' first comparison of the Holy Spirit was to the wind. Don't you find that interesting? The wind. The Bible has spoken of the Holy Spirit as oil and fire and water. Jesus called it wind, and he called it wind on purpose. Maybe it's because oil, after a while, loses viscosity, and it breaks down. And fire will finally burn itself out if it's not continued 
with logs on the fire. And water will be soaked into the ground because the earth is never satisfied, the Bible said. It just keeps sucking the water in. But the wind, it just blows and blows and blows and blows and blows and blows. I lived in West Texas, and the blowing of the wind can change the whole topography of the land. West Texas, sand hills, we got them out there. Can change overnight by a strong wind. Acts 2 said there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and filled the house where they were sitting. You know, I was, I was raised under the front pew of a little Pentecostal church that never had over 30, and that was on Easter. But we would, we'd, get, we'd get one person in the church that was unsaved, and we wanted that person to get saved before they left that church more than anything. I didn't. I just wanted to go eat. I was a kid. But the people in the church, they just wanted salvation to come to anybody that walked in. And uh, so many times, we'd be, we'd, and, and we'd be like those bone yards in Ezekiel. It's connected but dead. Church was dead. And then all of a sudden, somebody would see somebody walk in that might need Jesus. And somebody starts saying, amen, amen, amen. Somebody else start clapping their hands, amen, amen. And before you know it, 25, 30 people was praising God and the Holy Spirit was coming that person find Jesus and they'd be water baptized and it was a great day and then all of a sudden it was back to this again dead. But what I'm telling you is that God can move in any situation. He can come into your life in any situation. Some of you people have come here and you say, Pastor, my life is dead. Everything's going under. I can't get a break. I can't, I can't find an answer. Don't you give up on God until the wind of the Spirit starts blowing in your life. Give the wind of the Holy Spirit a chance to blow in your life. Amen. Amen. Saturday a week ago, we had a freedom conference, and our freedom conferences are always awesome. And, and, and we, we gather in here, and we go through eight steps, and, and then the, the ninth step is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Did anybody want it? And when the altars were open, people ran to receive the Holy Spirit, and 35 people in 15 minutes received the Holy Spirit right here, right here. What I'm saying is, what I'm saying is, it don't matter if you're in your living room, it don't matter if you're in your car, it don't matter if you're in your office, it doesn't matter if you're in a bathroom in your office, it doesn't matter where you are. When you get hungry enough, God's got a wind that's going to find you because the wind is going to blow. Can I jump a little bit on that one? You can't hide from the wind of God, it's going to find you. Woo, hallelujah. <laughs> Isn't it amazing that of all the comparisons of a newborn believer Jesus could use, he chose to compare it to wind. It blows unstoppably wherever it wants. What God is saying simply is this. Here it is. Here's my message. When one is born of the wind of the Spirit, that person becomes an unstoppable entity. I'm going to church today. The devil said, no, you're not. Oh, I am. I'm going to church today. No, you're not. Yes, I am. Watch me. Hey, pastor, how you doing? What you preaching on today? Anything's good. Let's go have church. How you like that, devil? I went to church today. Hey, I feel like reading my Bible today. No, I don't want you to read the Bible. I want you to read some kind of stupid magazine that's got all kinds of bad stuff in it. No, I'm not going to. I'm going to read the Word today. No, you're not. Yes, I am. Watch me. Boom. Hey, you know what I'm going to do? Because I've read the word, I think I feel like praising God a little bit in my house right now. You're not going to praise God. Yes, I am. You know why? Because the wind is blowing. You're a person of the wind. You're born of the spirit of the wind. 
and you become unstoppable. Hallelujah. I'm going to witness today. I'm going to witness today. Hey, hey, you know, you know, uh, Yannick and, and David, David, David Porter goes with Yannick and they pass out this food and stuff. And David has got a baptismal tank in the back of his truck and he's, he's got water in. And you heard Philip say it, but, but they find these people that are hungry for God out on the street and they put them in the water and baptize them. You know what? Because the wind don't only blow in church, it blows in this world everywhere. Hallelujah. It blew through colleges years ago, back in the 70s and 80s. It blew into Argentina in the 90s and people were receiving the Holy Spirit by the hundreds every hour. I'm telling you, God's wind is gonna blow. Get ready. Nothing can stop the wind of God. Anybody excited about that? I got to hurry. Them singers go too long sometime. I wouldn't trade them for three first round draft choices. Wasn't Wednesday night unbelievable in this house? Acts 1 and 8 said, you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit's come upon you. Now there's five Greek words for the English word power. I'm going to give them to you. Write them down, put them on your refrigerator. The first word is kratos. Greek word kratos. It means strength. You shall receive strength when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. The second is dunamis. Now, many of y'all know that. That's dynamite. I want that dynamite power. Now, don't go blowing up everywhere, though. <laughs> dynamite power. Then the third is exousia, absolute unrestricted authority, dominion. Do you think Adam was afraid of a lion or a lynx or a bear or any kind of animal that was vicious in the Garden of Eden? He had dominion. And God brought Jesus Christ to us who became the second Adam. And he gave us dominion. He said, I'm going to put all things under my feet and I'm going to put all things under your feet. Now you listen to me. You don't have to walk around in fear. You have absolute power and authority hallelujah and strength and you have dominion over the things that want to have dominion over you because you're born of the spirit and then the, the fourth word is megalioth grandeur splendor immensity majesty knowing the Lord will return are you happy Jesus is coming back and then the fourth fifth one is the word chair c-e-i-r by the help of the agency of one, God is present, protecting and aiding one. In other words, the Lord comes along beside you. In fact, one of the words for Holy Spirit is paraclete, coming along beside. Isn't it good to have not only the Spirit in you, but the Spirit walking with you? Hallelujah. The only thing I can relate to is when I was a sophomore in high school, I was going to get a drink of water one day, and a senior grabbed my neck. I was, grabbed my neck and he jerked me up. I mean, he jerked me hard, and I almost hit him. But I thought better of it because he was bigger than me. And, and he said, you don't drink now, punk. He called me a punk. I've been called a punk. He said, I'm a senior. I'm going to drink first. And a guy across the hall from him said, wait a minute. Larry, you know who that is? He said, I don't know who it is. I don't care who it is. He said, yeah, you need to know who that is. That's Eddie Johnson's little brother. His eyes bugged out. He said, oh, my God. That's Eddie's brother. Eddie was known as Tiger. He was vicious. There wasn't a guy in the school that would touch him. 
And because of that, I got to walk through school my whole life. Listen, when you're born of the Spirit, woo, you have somebody coming along beside you, somebody living in you, and the devil can't pick on you because you're touched by the wind of God. I didn't mean to go over on you here. I kind of went out of the bounds right there. And that old boy said, get you a drink, Rex. Go ahead and get you a drink. I said, I believe I will. <laughs> Hallelujah. Isn't it great to know we got God on our side? People that are filled with the Holy Spirit control their destiny. No waver in their walk. They're unstoppable. They're a force to be reckoned with. A person born of the Spirit cannot be stymied, will not be defeated because the wind blows. Your worship cannot be quieted because the wind blows. Your Bible reading is at your disposal because the wind blows. Your prayer life is yours because the wind blows. You can claim miracles in your family because you're praying to an open heaven. The power within is greater than the forces without. Your enemy, your unsaved loved ones, this world cannot stop you from doing God's work because the wind blows. Now let me close here. I gotta, I gotta quit. I'm a preacher that knows how to quit on time because I know some of you got to beat the denominational churches to the restaurants. I know that. <laughs> I want to speak of one word. I think I made it up. It's called quitism. Quitism. Now, I don't know if that's even a word or not. I didn't look it up because I didn't care. I said, I want to talk about quitism. I want to address that word right now. Too much of that is happening in the world today. People just quitting. You know, you go in businesses now and they can't get workers to come back. People are just quitting. You know why they're quitting? They're watching the sunset of problems, not the sunrise of blessings. <laughs> giving up on their marriage, giving up on their children, giving up on their jobs, giving up on education, giving up on family, giving up on church, and many are giving up on God. Quit it. Stop that. You don't give up on God. The Bible said in Isaiah 40, the Lord faints not, neither is he weary. There's no searching of his understanding, but he gives power to the faint and to them that have no might, he increases their strength. God is for you. He wants you to win. He wants you to survive. He wants you to go forward. He wants you to look up. The sunrise is coming. The woman went to a doctor, had a cold. The doctor said, you got that from kissing somebody. She went home, told her husband. Husband said, honey, I ain't had a cold in 15 years. Who you been kissing? <laughs> I would like to pose that question to all who want to quit this close to the coming of Jesus Christ. Who you been kissing? Who you been, who you been following? What you been looking at? Some of you turn that TV on. That's what you see all day. You turn from news to soap operas. And soap operas back to news. And it's all going downhill. Because anything that's not of the Lord is not going to go up. I got, an, I got an idea for you. Turn the TV off. Quit watching so much news. Or if, you, if you're going to turn the TV on, watch some spiritual programs. Here's some good word. Here's something that helps you and encourages you. Because I'm telling you, folks, there's a sunrise coming for the church. He's our day spring. There's a sunrise coming for the church. He's our day spring. Randy, if you'll help me. He's our day spring. There's nobody like Jesus. I wish I had time. I'd, I'd close my Bible and preach about a, another hour. I, lo I, I love talking about the Holy Spirit. I love it. A pastor wrote a birthday card one day and sent it to his dad. 
It was his father's 75th birthday. And the card had two boats on the outside, and one boat was a sailboat, and the other boat was a rowboat. And the pastor wondered if his father had to make a choice which boat he would prefer to cross the body of water. And so the pastor brought the card in a note to his father on the inside. He shared the thoughts he had thought on the card sh- in the card shop. Then he asked his dad this question. In your simple style of living and with your ability to decide things that make the most sense, which boat would you take, the rowboat or the sailboat? Several weeks later, he received this response from his father. And his dad said, I noticed that the rowboat had no engine, <laughs> but that the sailboat had a sail. My question to you, son, before I make that decision, is there any wind? Because if there's wind, I'm going to take the sailboat. Can I tell you something? As long as there's breath in my body, strength in my spirit, and glory in my life, this church will be a place of the wind of the Spirit to blow. It'll always be. It'll always be. Would you stand to your feet all over the building? I love you very much. Everybody say, Pastor. Pastor. You've talked me out of quitting. <laughs> Can't quit. Can't quit. My dad used to say it's always too soon to quit. Quitters never win. And winners never quit. You got to keep going. You got to keep going. Some people have enjoyed it so much they're going to go outside and run around a while. Now listen to me. I'm about to dismiss you, but I want to do something. I want to announce something to you right now. I want you to put your hands in the air like this right here with me. And I want you to all pray the same prayer. Lord, baptize me with the Holy Spirit. In my life, today, tomorrow, amen, Tuesday at the latest, (laughs) amen, and now, you that have never received the Holy Spirit, I want us to raise our hands again and say, Lord, everybody together so nobody be embarrassed, I'm open to what you have for me in this Holy Spirit thing. I'm open to it. I want what you have for me. Amen? Put your hands down. Now, here's what pastor's going to do. Here's what pastor's going to do. On Sunday nights, this summer, for about five weeks, we're going to have six o'clock Holy Spirit services here. Right here. Right here. And I'm going to be teaching only on the Holy Spirit and what it's about and how to understand it and what the conclusion of the matter is. And if you don't want it, that's your decision. But if you want it, it'll be available here. And there won't be, it'll probably be me and Randy. Randy will be here because he always shows up when I ask him to come and I'm asking him to come. Randy will be here. And we're just going to speak on it, teach on it, We'll dismiss before seven o'clock. We'll probably have something for you to munch on on the way out because you need to eat, you know, if you're tarrying. But I love you, and we're going to see this summer be a revival. 
of the Holy Spirit in this church. Anybody excited about that? Come on, anybody pumped about that? Clap your hands and shout unto the Lord right now. Oh, God's good. God's good. God's good. Amen. The Holy Spirit's not out of business. He's not in the basement of this church. He still feels hungry hearts. He still is questing for people's lives. He still heals broken dreams, dysfunctional families, and bitter spirits. And he is still the filler of your life. Say it with me. Let the wind blow. Let's see a sunrise of a new day and not a sunset of tragic events in our life. Lord, I love you and I thank you for these precious people. I honor them with all my heart and I thank you for the privilege of getting to talk to them today about this wonderful, wonderful wind of the Spirit because the wind needs to blow in the world today. Let it happen. Let it happen. Let it unfold. Bless us. Bless the church. Give us of your kingdom of which will be no end. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said amen. One more time, amen. One more time, amen.